A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. Yeah, you came back last weekend. You went away. You saw your mom and your grandma. Mm -hmm. They had duties for you to take care of. Yes. Yeah, and then you came back, and we were talking this week, Monday, and you mentioned that you went through this whole decluttering thing with your mom, and I was Mm -hmm. so excited because (laughs) I really get all geeked up about stuff like that. Which is really, what does that say about me? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing. And plus, you've been going through a similar thing with your basement. Yes. So. Decluttering. And, and I'm interested to hear if you've got little things that you stumbled into that maybe I should know about. Uh-huh. I am a little disappointed because our track record to date has been, if there's a project to tackle for the radio... It's yours. It's mine at my house. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's a shame that we haven't decluttered it's my too space. too bad, yeah. But you did get into some of that, and yeah, let's just jump right into that. Yeah, I stayed with my mom on Saturday, and I wasn't really planning to. It was kind of a surprise. We had dinner, and then it started thunderstorming, so I thought, well, maybe I'll just stay here and... I peeked into her office, which doubles as the guest room, and I said, well, can I stay here? (laughs) And she didn't know what I was getting at right away. Does she know you're talking about this right now? Well, she's going to find out. She's going to find out. (laughs) So you couldn't get to the bed? Is that what it was? Well, it's a Murphy bed, so it folds out. It's got like its own little compartment, but anyways... She's been meaning to clean her office for a couple months now, and she keeps talking about how, well, this weekend I really need to get to my office. And clearly when I looked in there, it's still not been touched. And this has always been a struggle for her, which I understand. Papers just build up, and there are those spaces in our homes that are like that, you know, whether it's like a hallway closet or our office, the garage, that just collect things, and then they become overwhelming, so we don't want to clean them. Well, it looks like it's too monumental. Yeah. How do I begin this project? It's like climbing Everest. Exactly. Yeah. Literally. It can feel like that because (laughs) There's piles of crap. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what did you guys do? How did you break through? I know that part of the story was you said, let's get this cleaned, and she didn't want to do it. No, she didn't want to do it. Yeah, she's like, well, you could just stay in the basement or... Outside, in the garage. (laughs) Just camp. Um, And I said, well, okay, let's just look at it, though. She's like, no, no, it's just too much right now. I don't want to deal with it. And I said, Mom, what if we just did the the desk? Let's just clean off the papers off the desk. It's going to feel so much better. It's worth it. We'll just do it for like five minutes and we'll be done. I'll stay somewhere else. Okay, fine. And she really didn't want to do it, but she was appeasing me. Yeah. And so we started doing that. By the time that was cleared off, she had already kind of started moving on to something else and, you know, picking up the big items that were on the floor, you know, things that needed to be thrown away or just donated um, that she had just been piling up in one corner of it. And as soon as that happened, it was like, oh, wow, things are really moving now. Like there's space opening back up. And then we started moving on to a shelf. And by the end of it, she had a clean office. And I had to mention to her, I was like, you know, I used the trick that you used to use Mm -hmm. on me when I was a kid (laughs) to get me to clean my room. And she looked at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) And what is the trick? You just keep it going? You just keep adding one little project to the next? Well, yeah, it's just starting with one thing. And I think there are tricks like that. Well, first Uh, off, whoa. Because, yes, the minute you were telling me that story, Mm -hmm. I could see it because you have done that same stupid thing to me. (laughs) 
Seriously? tricked me into doing stuff. Yes. Uh, and I keep going. And then you've got another suggestion. Mm-hmm. And why don't we do this? And before we know it, we've accomplished way more than I intended to do that day. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you're like a diabolical mastermind. <laughs> but there are people out from the best. Right. There are people out there. I'm one of them. A lot of us are those people where even if we're organized in a lot of different ways, we have certain spaces. Like you yeah. mentioned, there are spaces that just get cluttered. Mm-hmm. And if there was a simple way to tackle it, to just get some of it going, we would all feel a lot better. And yeah. that's really what you stumbled into. And let's give a few little points right off the bat. And I think the very first one is that is just start somewhere. That's the first point. Yeah. And the best place to start is the place that's going to make the most difference to your daily life. Right. And we started with her desk and just getting the papers cleared off because that's going to be something that she uses every day and it's going to make it so much easier to use. And then that bleeds into the rest of the office. Well, now I want everything to feel as good as this does. Right. Once you have that feeling, it gives you this momentum mm-hmm. and this you have a visual, practical reminder, something in your face yeah. that's telling you the value of getting these spaces decluttered. And it's so critical to your daily life, it propels you forward. So the next one, what would that one be? Focus on one thing at a time. So on the desk even, you know, what's the first thing that you focus on? For her, it was picking up all the highlighters and pens and pencils that don't end up back in their holder. So picking all those up and getting them off the desk and then focusing on the papers that need to be thrown away. So it's just breaking it down even smaller so that even one surface becomes so manageable. Right. I think that's important. I think my favorite part of the whole thing, the third point, would be to keep it short and sweet. This does not need to be a marathon. It took you, takes us months sometimes to Mm -hmm. create the mess. We don't need to fix it in one single adventure. Yes. (laughs) We can do it over time. I love to come home and set a timer for like 15 minutes. Yeah. It is so manageable. It's a bite-sized chunk of time. It doesn't annoy me. It doesn't depress me. And actually, as I'm working against a timer, it almost becomes a bit of a game. How far can I get before that timer goes off? And the trick is to quit when the timer goes yeah. and go about your business. Do something else and then come back the next day, do another 15. I think that one is so smart. Just making it a habit that way. Yeah, exactly. The point is to get started. We all have clutter. It's manageable. We can get through it. All right. We got through that segment. Now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be on the phone with interior designer Michaela Noel talking about a mud nook that she made in her home. If you don't have a ton of space for a mud room, she might have the answer for you. That's all coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, you've been talking about mudrooms. You've been looking at them all over the place. I'm obsessed with them right now. I love the functionality of them, these beautiful, well-designed ones I see on Instagram. And also, I don't have one, and I would like one. (laughs) Right, but you don't have the space for it. Right. I don't have the space for it. And we've talked on the show about finding ways to take the spaces we do have and make them usable mudrooms. Well, we're actually on the phone with Michaela from Michaela Noel Designs, and she's done all of that. Michaela, thanks for talking with us. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Yeah, we're all right, too, I think. Right, Haley? I can't speak for you. (laughs) So far, so good. Anyway, why don't we talk about your situation a minute? You had a really small little nook, like right by your entry. Just walk us through, kind of paint the picture for everybody out there, what you had. Yeah, so our um, side door, actually, this is in our main entrance, but this is our side door to the house. 
had this really tiny, it's actually only 36 inches by 18 inches wide um, little nook. And when we bought the house, all there was was like a coat rack, like a coat hook attached to the wall with I think five or six hooks. Sure. Okay. And otherwise it was completely unusable. I mean, there was it was not cute and it wasn't functional. So my I I told my husband I had an idea to make it, you know, more functional for us. And that's really the only spot that's where we come and go all the time. That's mm-hmm. the only spot we have to drop our shoes and our coats and all of that. Um, so of course he gets worried when I tell him I have a project for him, (laughs) but this one actually turned out to be super simple and easy. It was one of our first projects when we moved in the house and, um, we basically just created this little mudroom nook and we just built a bench and we shiplapped the wall above the bench. And then we put um, our own coat hooks on top of that shiplap. Well, and I think the shiplap really helps define that as its own separate space in a way, too. Yeah. I like that it starts to define a mud room by putting yes, that up. Totally. If it was just drywall and some hooks and a bench, maybe it wouldn't have the same impact. But maybe right. a color there or like you did with a shiplap, I think is really smart to define and it as And the thing with the room. shiplap, too, is that it also elongates the space. So it takes your eye up. So it actually makes it look like a taller space, even though it yeah. is not. And it is so tiny. <laughs> now, you previously had a little shelf in there, right? And you removed that? Yeah, there was like a little shelf hanging over the... Um, coat hooks that they had put up there but the shelf was literally glued to the wall like it was just a piece of mdf board it was so weird and janky looking (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm sure it's a mess to trying to remove that that was probably the least fun part of that entire right and that is another good reason to use shiplap because the wall was sort of destroyed when we took these um, things off that they had and so instead of having to repair drywall we just put shiplap over it Oh, there you go. That's it's a good cheat. I like it. It is. Yeah, someday somebody will remove that shiplap and they'll shake their, their fists right. at the skies. What but the heck? <laughs> That's all right, though. So you, you lost the shelf. Um, did you utilize space under the bench for storage then? We did, yeah. So we left it open so it's like, you know, there's not like a cupboard or anything or no drawers or anything under it. But under the bench, there is, I don't know, probably 15 inches. And I just bought a metal boot tray and we stuck that under the bench so that all of our shoes can be thrown uh, or nicely placed. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) How many people are in your family? It's just me and my husband. But, you know, looking at the shoe area, you might think there were more people here. Well, you know how many people are in my family? I've got a lot of us. We've got I've got five kids. Do you have any idea what my shoe space looks like? I mean, I can only imagine. And I feel like when you the more kids that you have, then you need like concealed storage or like a full on basket so you can't see it. Right. I guess that's what I always I see cute little areas like what you've got. And I always think, how do these people pull it off? They don't have five kids. Mine is chaos. (laughs) It's like I've got an elementary school over. styled photos for my blogs. So it's not necessarily indicative of real life. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the whole thing looks really great. Um, You've got what do you've got on the walls? Because because it's not just getting the shiplap up and putting a bench in. There's wall art that you bring into this. I know you had what a eucalyptus wreath 
that kind of brought some yeah. color in. Yeah, it's a magnolia wreath, but very close. Okay. Um, yeah, so I did a wreath up of, and then I had these adorable, um, I actually got these for our wedding. I had registered for these from Anthropology, and they are uh, coat hooks that spell out home. So I have four of them, H-O-M-E, and they're metal, um, like galvanized with some gold on them, and they're, they're really cute. So those are our coat hooks, and then we did the wreath above that. And then um, did some pillows on the bench. And actually, since this blog post, I had a custom bench pad made so that now it's really comfortable to sit there. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea, too. And that's another, I mean, DIY project potentially for someone out there that's more confident with you a know, sewing machine. You know, if you can sew, yeah. then you can do it. <laughs> well, talk about the project itself. I mean, I don't want to get into the step-by-step because that's really tough to listen to on the radio. It's tough to describe. And, yeah, but and I, I didn't do it. Well, right. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm curious about. Now, this was kind of outside of your comfort zone. You brought your husband in to do yeah. some of this work. How did the whole thing go? How much did it cost? Was it a, a oh, big yeah. overhaul? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, well, my husband is very handy. However, this was, like I said, one of our very first projects that um, we did in our house. And um, before this, we lived in an apartment, so we never had any projects. My husband probably only owned a drill. When we moved to our house, he we needed to fix some things up. And then this was one of our first projects. So we probably bought a couple of tools for this, maybe like a nail gun or I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, but it was very easy. He did it in one day, probably a couple of hours. And then um, I did all of the painting after that. Um, but it wasn't hard at all. He just looked at, I think, maybe one YouTube tutorial on how to install a floating bench like that. And um, it was it was very simple. And the cost, I think it was under $100. Of course, that's when lumber was. Oh, well, yeah, true. I didn't the, really true. think about that. <laughs> but the price is coming down. I was yeah. reading that and okay. hearing that. that but, I did hear that. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, now but it's yeah, a $4,000 project, but <laughs> no. when the process is, you know, the wood is the right price again, it'll be back to the $100 range. Okay. No, but totally. that's such a good entry-level DIY project, I think. Well, for oh, so many yeah, reasons, sure. because like like Michaela mentioned, you end up buying some basic tools, but I'm sure that the tools that you've bought have been used over and over and over and over. Oh, my goodness. Over and over. And you're so right about this being an entry-level project, like... This was like the first thing that we did. And then my husband just completely on his own finished our entire basement by himself. Uh-huh. So, and uh, yeah, so give him something small. Right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. We're on the phone with Michaela Noel, local interior designer, talking about a mudroom, you know, basically a mud nook. Mudroom nook? Yep. I don't yeah. even know what you it's call it. Nook. Like yeah. It is not a mudroom. It yeah. is a tiny little nook. <laughs> well, what I want to get to in the last little bit that we've got, and you touched on it, but I'm going to actually corner you on it, is we see <laughs> yeah. all these great pictures. You know, we look online, we see all these wonderful little creations that people on Instagram come up with. And mm-hmm. you mentioned they're staged for those photographs. Mm-hmm. How has this, and I encourage everybody out there listening to go to the repcolite.com you can check our show notes and that will link to Michaela's page you can look at what we're talking about but yeah. how how has it held up practically speaking you know how easy is it to maintain how uh, practical has it turned out to be because it's a it's a very small nook has yeah. it met oh, your needs it, it has held up amazing and I think we've had it for almost two years now um, especially once we added the bench pad cushion that I was talking about that made it a lot more even durable because you know we're not sitting on the white bench which could get scratched or whatever 
um, the bench protects or the bench pad protects it. So everything looks great. And you've gotten practical use out of it. I mean, you're glad that you've oh made my this goodness. shift. Yeah. I am so glad. Not only is it cute and um, I guess I should have mentioned um, right on the other, like on the other side of this, is the basement stairs. So every single time we walk up the basement stairs, this is what I'm staring at is this little bench mudroom corner. Um, and so before it was so unattractive and made me so sad to go down into the basement because yeah. um, I'm passing it all the time. And now it's really cute. It's so functional. We know that that's where we store all of our shoes. Um, so it's been really great. And then even when people come over, there's enough hooks for people to put their coats and all of that. Smart. Well, it's definitely one of those things that we talk about a lot on the show is when you become like house blind or you're not seeing your house through the eyes of someone that's brand mm. new, right? When you're looking mm -hmm. for a house, you see all of these things, but once you've lived in it for a while, they kind of disappear a little bit. And I think this is exactly one of those things. These are areas that get overlooked easily. You oh, know, totally. In your situation, Michaela, you it's front and center when you're coming up the steps. Yeah. All the time. So you had that as a driving force to make some changes and make it look better. But yeah. I love the fact that, like like you said, once you did that, you know, even if even if you didn't get tons of practical use out of it, you know, even if when I asked that question, the best you could say was, you know, it's kind of a show space. We don't really put stuff. there. <laughs> yeah. It still serves a great purpose because you come oh, up the 100%. steps and it looks great and you feel better about yeah. your place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, I feel so much better about it. And it's so funny because it really is one of the most simple things that we've done to the house. But every time people come over and hang their coats under these hooks, they're like, this is so cute. Did you guys put this in? So I love that. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Our first project, we bought all kinds of tools because of it, and look where we're at now. If our listeners have any questions or they want to get you out, because you'll come out and do interior design work, right? This is what you do. Yep. This is my full-time job in uh, residential interior design in um, West Michigan. So if our listeners do want to contact you and hire you to mm -hmm. help them make their home feel a little better... How do they best get yeah. in touch with you? Um, they can go to my website, MichaelaNoelDesigns.com, and my email is listed there. And they can follow along on Instagram if they want to see um, behind-the-scenes stuff. And sometimes I'll show my husband doing projects for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't leave him to all the work. I do help. Like, I did paint this. He just had to True. install it. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So that is um, Michaela Noel Designs as well on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking with us today. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be reviewing what the Internet says are the very best kitchen cleaners out there. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, I do love me some cleaning. Yeah, you are a cleaner. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I don't know that the process is so fun. It can be. It can be. I, but I'm not that person. Oh, okay. I don't get like super crazy thrilled that I'm cleaning. Yeah. But I do love the end results. Well, yeah. Right? Everybody I loves that. that. Most people love that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's really intriguing to me is when you stumble into a particular cleaner or, you know, a chemical or whatever that really, really works well. 
For example, let me go back to something that was that predates you on the show. <laughs> and uh, probably about a month or so before you started, I stumbled into a bathroom cleaner, mm-hmm. CLR Brilliant Bath. And I thought I'd give it a try because I had a whole bunch of soap scummy stuff and hard water stains and all of these things in a particular bathroom at the house. And I just could never, in all the years I've been there, get them clean. For example, the shower door. I just assumed it was hazy and there was no cleaning that. (laughs) It's just like this. Permanently unclean. That's what I assumed. Anyway, I got this brilliant bath stuff and it was brilliant that it's really wonderfully named it worked so well it cut through all of that it cleaned all of these hard water stains all of that so fast so quick so easy i I think i know what you're talking about i've seen that bottle before yes it should be displayed prominently in every home it's that good i proclaimed loudly from the mountaintops that this stuff was great i was Talking about that on the radio. Should left be sponsored. Right. Still talking about it. Yes, I'm looking for that sponsorship. <laughs> if you haven't used it for your bathroom, CLR Brilliant Bath, you should definitely check it out. But anyway, that was the bathroom. And we decided, you and I, in talking about that and just other other topics for the show, we thought, let's dig into some uh, kitchen cleaners. Well, because you have yeah. a range that yeah. was really... I know. Permanently yes. scarred. It was another one of those. <laughs> hey, I guess it's just like this. Yeah. It was so bad. I have a gas stove and the stove top is horrible. It's got these big steel grates. Right. Where it covers kind of the whole top of it. Right. And they're black. They've been black since I've moved into the house. I just assumed that's how it was. And so I set you... You know, we were working on different topics, and I said, why don't you research the very best the internet has to offer when it yes. comes to kitchen cleaners? So I did some research, and I found the ones that were best reviewed. The first one that I found was Zep Citrus Degreaser. It says Heavy Duty. Heavy citrus Duty. Citrus Degreaser. That's important. And we've used other citrus products. They always seem to work really well, so I thought we would definitely try that one. Then I found Method, also listed as a Heavy Duty Degreaser. This one's... Kind of all plant based, so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how right. heavy duty heavy duty was going to yeah, be we in that realm. Gants at that <laughs> one, we weren't sure what we were going to get. And then Bonami is kind of like one of those. It's French for. My let's friend? just move on. Good, Good friend. friend. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I should have thought of that yeah. ahead of time, but you pulled me out of that. You <laughs> bailed me out. Bonami. It's a powder, kind of like Comet or exactly. SOS or any of those things. Right. And that one is also supposed to be, I guess, more eco-friendly. They're greener ingredients. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last fourth one, one was Easy Off or something. Yeah. And that one I've used before. And I've used it in its like foaming spray mm-hmm. concentrate. This is a spray one that we got, just a normal spray bottle. And I thought maybe it would be a little bit less caustic because the foaming stuff is really stinky. Because you can use that to clean out the inside of the right. oven as well, right? Exactly. Okay, so we've got those four for, for general, well, it says even heavy-duty cleaning. Yeah. And we thought we'd put them to the test. So it was easy for me. I brought them home, and the mess was waiting for them because as much as I went on and on about loving How cleaning, much you love to clean? <laughs> the kids, I can't keep up with it on the stove. They saute fair, everything. Yeah. Everything. Is everything. everything. And so the grease splatters and all of that, it's just waiting for me to test it. I had to go home and make a mess, which was actually kind of fun. It you was, don't get to like purposefully 
mess things up very often. Right. Yeah, that, well, that way it was so annoying in a sense <laughs> because I get this text. I don't know what time you texted me too. It was crazy late at night. It wasn't that late. Hey, when you're old like me, it starts to be go to bed All right. time. All right. Nine thirty, quarter to ten. I get this text, and and you're. Going on and on about how you messed up your oven so you could test these things. And she shows me all these pictures. And they're, it's such a novice mess. I mean, your mess, Come on. even when you tried it, was nothing like the mess that just naturally accumulates at my house. <laughs> I was so humiliated because then I had to bring pictures of my horrible mess to you. I thought it was a pretty good I tried a lot of different things. You did. Tell them what you did. I burnt on balsamic vinegar. Now, you have a gas stove as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Neither of us have glass tops. We did not test any of these for glass tops. And in fact, when we, I got to take a quick segue, because when we researched these and dug into it, even on their websites, we were finding kind of contradictory information about whether to use these on your glass stovetop or not. So you're going to probably want to just, if you've got a glass stovetop, we're not specifically talking to you. Check with the manufacturer. Exactly. I think that's the best way to go. So anyway, on your your gas stovetop, you did what? Yeah, I burnt on a bunch of different things. Barbecue sauce, balsamic vinegar, um, egg whites. I like cracked yep. an egg and just dripped out the egg whites. And I turned on the oven so the top of the stove would heat up enough for that to bake on there. You were I very got, diligent with your mess making. thorough. Yeah. <laughs> did a good job. Uh, chicken grease bunch of spices and I tried to like bake everything on yeah so it was hard to get off well mine was hard to get off too I don't have to go through what it was it was just an accumulation of who knows what the children were eating so we both went to clean these really messy surfaces Mm -hmm. and I think we both agree that all of the cleaners did what they said they would do they were heavy duty cleaners Mm -hmm. that really cut through all of what was on there. Better than the normal cleaners that I use. Right. Yeah. Everything that I've used previously has done the job, but with a lot of scrubbing, I guess. Right. We definitely liked certain ones better than others. The Easy Off was really smelly, really stinky. Yeah. Even the spray version is just as bad as the foaming version. And it worked just as well as the other cleaners. So I really don't see any reason to use that one. No, I don't You're going to get the same results with something that doesn't smell as bad. The Bone of Me... Worked really well, but being a powder, it was kind of a pain to mess with. Yeah, because now you've got to put it on there, scrub it, and then you've got to get something else to wipe it all off again. And then it's you've always got that residue. Right. So, again, it worked well. Don't really know that that's the one I'd recommend. Mm -mm. And I don't have one that I'd recommend. I don't don't think you do either. Well, yeah, it's definitely a tie between the ZEP and the method. Both worked really well. The smell was fine. No issues there. Yeah, did the job. Yeah, everything came off. I mean, I just sprayed it on, walked away for a few minutes, came back, and it just all wiped off. All right. So, Zap, heavy-duty citrus degreaser, or method heavy-duty degreaser. We'll put links in the show notes. Those are the ones we'd recommend if you've got a mess on the kitchen or just Just like daily life. Yeah, daily life <laughs> happens, and you want an easier way to clean. Those work really well. Now... We've got a transition into the heavy, yeah, the atomic duty. weapon yeah. that I had to use. Because atomic is a good word yeah, for it. Neither one of, well, none of these cleaners that we talked about even touched those grates that I talked about in the beginning. Yes. They were so bad. And I, again, it reinforced the idea that this was a permanent stain. And so Haley dug into it and you found something called Carbonoff. It's in an aerosol can. 
it was what, about 20 bucks yeah. for a 19-ounce aerosol. So it's not inexpensive. You know it's caustic when it comes in its own plastic bag. Right. It came, <laughs> yeah. This stuff is supposed to clean everything off. Right. Anything that's baked on, any carbon that's on there, whether it's you know stainless steel, it works on aluminum, brass, that black gunk, mm-hmm. it's coming off. It's coming. That's what they claim. No, you're letting the cat out of the bag. All right, yeah, sorry. Don't, yeah, it's too late now. We can't put that cat back in. You know how cats are. But anyway, I took this and I tried it on those grates. It took a couple of applications. And I got to let you know, this stuff, it smells like paint remover, like paint stripper. Yeah. It has that smell. And it burns just like that. Yeah, wear gloves. They said to wear gloves. I figured it was no big deal. <sighs> And I even sprayed it outside with shorts on in the wind, and the wind blew it onto my legs. Yeah, it burns like crazy. So you do need to exercise caution with that. Please. But it, it cleaned those grates that I thought were permanently black. They look absolutely brand new. It was amazing. Absolutely brand new. If you've got a heavy-duty situation, you know, the bottoms of pans and stuff like that with that baked on, that carbon, that black scoring or whatever, carbon scoring, that's that's from Star Wars. Oh. Yeah, it is because Luke finds, well, that's too long of a story, but my kids know and other kids know what I'm talking about. All right, you're going to have to show me eventually. Eventually, I'll show you. But it will clean all of that off. Now. There is a big warning yeah. that I besides the, besides the fact that it's going to burn your skin and right yeah. and and I, you know the burning is something that you can work around. You yeah. just need to be careful. Right. That's not my thing. I will try to be more careful in the future. Hopefully, I don't have to use this and I can go to maintenance cleaning. With yeah, because this is really not like an everyday cleaner. Not an everyday cleaner. But here's what I did. I had another pan, a new pan, and it's kind of got a painted finish on it. Mm-hmm. Looks really nice. It goes with this whole set of things, and it's black on the bottom. And I thought, I am going to clean that off. So I sprayed the whole pan, and within <laughs> about, I bet, 20 seconds, all the paint was peeling up. It's so a paint wild. stripper. And then I grabbed the can to now read the warnings on the back. Yeah. And it says, don't apply them to painted surfaces. Don't Teflon apply it to surfaces. Teflon. Your countertop. I sprayed it on the countertop. Oh, my gosh. Did you? I did. That There was no problem okay. there. I wouldn't recommend doing it again that way. I got no. lucky. But it definitely can strip all of the paint off. So if you've got pots and pans that are have that painted look to them, mm-hmm. and that's more and more common now, You do need to be really careful. This is not for regular cleaning. It's not for that kind of a thing. You've got to use it with caution. Read the the, the warnings and the instructions and caveats on the back. But if you've got something that is so bad, like I had with that grate, nothing cut through it like this did. No, it's perfect for those situations. That's what it's meant for. And make sure that you rinse it thoroughly afterwards. That's their other big thing. you got to rinse this off afterwards. And honestly, in that rinsing, all that carbon is going to fall off probably. It is amazing what it will do. You just need to be careful when you use it, like most things. Yes. Right? You use a lawnmower and you have to be careful. You use the car. You've got to be careful. You use carbon off. You need to be really careful (laughs) or you're going to regret it. We'll put links in the show notes. There's a great video that shows you what it will do on some pots and pans in a commercial kitchen. And you'll see exactly the, the good results, the quick results. Just make sure you're careful with it. All of these things, great cleaners. Check them out if you love cleaning, even if you don't love cleaning. Yeah, this is for you. Now, all right, it's time for commercials, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about an exterior project that could be a small one, but with a huge payoff. That's all coming up next. Stick around.
If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Not too long ago, Haley, we were talking with Zach Krieger from Ayers Basement Systems about foundation repairs. Yeah, These it was were... my biggest fear is having a foundation issue. I so... don't know, because I saw that we got some packages and oh, there was a the spider, spider on it. And you literally freaked out. I'm so much out. so that I freaked out <laughs> because I figured you saw something more than what I saw. I figured all I see is the spider. You see the cobra that's lurking. I didn't see lurking. it at first, so I wasn't sure where the spider was. I just heard spider. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it is one of your big fears, though, is foundations. Yes. Spiders, Found- close second. Foundation problems. Foundation Not problems. like anytime I walk next to <gasps> a foundation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, foundation problems. It's a big deal. There's a lot of money spent fixing those things, exactly. and you're looking for a new home. So you're really, really focused on making sure you're not hooked into some kind of money pit thing. Yeah. So I get that. So to help you, we had Zach Krager here a few weeks ago, like I said, and we talked about those things. But all of that conversation mm-hmm. got us thinking about foundations in general. Right, because this is actually a really good curb appeal project when you don't have a foundation that's painted. It just detracts from the entire house, I think. Right, it kind of makes it look unfinished. Exactly. And you may not notice that, but you will now. Right. You're welcome. Drive around, yeah. look at the houses that have painted foundations versus the ones that don't. It's a big difference. Right, and that's a simple thing to fix. But there are also foundations where they've been patched. Right. You know, something's been done. And a lot of times that cement that we use, the hydraulic cement or whatever concrete patch we use, mm-hmm. dries a different color than the foundation itself. Got, like the patchwork, yeah. snake kind of lines right. creep along. Exactly. That doesn't look good. No. And then you've got foundations that have been painted. Painted, but they kind of peeling or they're spalling. Right, they've yeah. been left to the weather, and they don't look the best anymore. All of those things detract from the curb appeal. But the good news is, no matter what situation you've got, any one of those, or maybe something different that we couldn't think of, making the foundation look great is really a simple project, and it's something that you can tackle in a weekend. However, mm-hmm. as Zach Krieger mentioned. Foundation problems are not ones for DIYers. This is one we want to call in the professional. So we're not talking about a foundation fix. Right. Not Band-Aid solutions. We're talking about a sound foundation that doesn't need patching or repair, ready to be painted. Right. If you get outside and take a look at your foundation because you're getting ready to paint it because the Repcolite Home Improvement Show (laughs) recommended it and you're obeying If you get out there and you notice cracks and stuff like that, don't just patch them. That's where you probably want to call an expert. Ayers Basement, they said they'd come out for free, give you an idea of what you're looking at, and walk you down the right road. So we want to make sure that you do it the right way because we don't want to try to, like you said, band-aid over something that's a bigger issue. No. But if your foundation is sound or the repairs have been in place for years, getting a coat of paint on everything is easy. And we want to walk you through all of that. And let's start with unpainted concrete foundations or even patched foundations. We can kind of lump them both together. Yeah. Anytime you've got a paint project that you're just starting, you want to make sure it's clean. And with foundations specifically, there's probably mildew present because there's so much moisture that can be present. So we recommend using Jomax. We actually carry it in the store. You just mix it with bleach and that's going to take care of any of that mildew for you. Right. So make sure you get that taken care of. Make sure you get it cleaned. And then once it's dry... Really, you're ready to go. You can just go to your finished paint. We'd recommend at least two coats of a high-quality exterior acrylic finished paint. And we'd recommend that you get a satin sheen. 
That's going to help yes. it look better longer. Just keep it a little cleaner. Exactly. Flat paint tends to hold on to any dirt that splashes up onto the foundation, so it's just going to look dirty faster. Right. If you're looking for a recommendation, Repco Light's Endura is a great choice. Benjamin Moore's Regal Select Exterior and Benjamin Moore's Aura Exterior, any of those. So that's an unpainted concrete foundation or a patch foundation. We should say, if you've got a fresh patch, maybe you had Ayers come yes. out and take a look at it, and they said, go ahead and patch that. It, it's no problem. If you've done that, those patches should cure for at least 30 days before you put paint on them. Yeah, any concrete project that you're working on, it has to be cured for at least 30 days. Right. So let's move on. Previously painted. I've got a painted foundation, but it's flaking and peeling in a few places. How do we get that looking good again? Honestly, the first thing you should do is come in and talk to us because if you have peeling or spalling on the foundation, there could be something else going on. We want to make sure that we address any of those concerns before you jump in. Right. But typically, just to give you a quick overview of how it normally plays out, you're going to want to clean and scrape. Or wire brush. That's a little more fun. Yeah, especially if you've got a drill attachment. Zip right right through it. Right. you got to get all of that old flaking paint off. Now, you don't have to take all of the paint off. That's one of the things people misunderstand. They think that in order to get this ready to go, I've got to remove all of the existing paint. You don't. Only the stuff that's worked its way loose. So once you hit it with a wire brush or whatever, you'll see those areas. If you have to leave paint, as long as it's adhering well to the concrete, that's fine. No big deal there. We should also say anytime you're removing old paint, always be aware that there is a potential for lead paint if it was painted prior to 1978. Right. Now, once you've got all of the paint that's flaking or peeling off and you make sure that you get the mold and mildew gone, that's got to be done as well. Same system that we recommended earlier with Joe Max and bleach. Once it's dry, if the bare masonry that's left, you know, because you're going to have some with paint on it and some that's bare, if the bare concrete is in great shape, there's no spalling. Really, you just need to prime those bare spots with your finished paint. Yeah, then you can top coat everything with the exact same paint. We're talking about a high-quality exterior acrylic finished paint. Like we said before, we'd recommend Repcolite's Endura, Benjamin Moore's Regal Select Exterior, or even Benjamin Moore's Aura Exterior. Right, that's basically the project. A couple other considerations. If you don't have eaves trough installed... Go ahead and put that in if possible. I know that's, you know. It's a big ask. Here I am just asking people to spend and spend and spend. (laughs) But it's going to help you in a lot of ways, but it will certainly keep the foundation looking better longer because it will keep the water from splashing against it. Yes. And think of all the other things that you'll help. It's definitely something to think about if you haven't already done it. One other thing, and Haley, you alluded to it earlier, anytime you run stuck on a project, ask us. Yeah, just stop out to a store, or if it's not during store hours, we have the online chat function. Peter is there to help. Right, you can send pictures that way. He can see exactly what you're working with, give you some recommendations. All right, that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap it up. If you want to catch this episode again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss another episode. You'll always be informed. Sounds great. It does. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repco Light and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.